The Scoop Podcast, brought to you by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, here's your host, Josh Getzoff. Well, it has been a while, but we are back here on the Scoop Podcast presented by PPG, episode 44. Hope everyone out there is doing well, having a safe summer, having a great summer as we transition back to normalcy, transition back to a normal NHL schedule in the 2021-2022 season. And before we get to that season, we have a lot to pick apart as far as how we get to it from the Penguins' perspective. And joining us to pick through that and also introduce himself to the fold here in Pittsburgh is the new director of player personnel here for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chris Pryor. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. I have to ask you, you're hired the end of February. We sit here now in mid-July getting ready for the NHL draft. A uh, bit of a whirlwind, I imagine, as far as getting acclimated in Pittsburgh, but how has it gone for you to, to kind of hit the ground running here? It's been really good. I mean, it's first-class organization, as, as we know from just looking from afar, being in Philadelphia for a number of years, and they've run a, they've always run a, like I said, a first-class team and a first-class organization, and all of a sudden you're, you're in here living it, and you see why. I mean, it's uh, from ownership all the way down, so it's been a really good experience so far, and Looking forward to the job at hand. When you were hired, I asked Ron Hextall about the relationship that the two of you had and what uh, led him to bring you on board, because it was really only a couple of weeks after he and Brian Burke joined the right. fold here in Pittsburgh, and he referred to you as his number one priority as far as filling out his staff. I guess I'll flip that around for you. What is it about Ron Hextall that leads you to want to work with him and be a part of his staff? Because you guys have been pretty much linked here for the last decade plus. Well, first and foremost, we we think along the same lines. We have the same mindset as we view the game the same. We're, we're, our relationship has gone, we go way back. So there's a loyalty, there's a friendship there, there's a working relationship that um, that just, we have a, uh, a long history of being together. This is, goes back more than the flyer days. When he was playing, I was doing a little player development. So it's, mm -hmm. it, goes, it goes quite a ways back and those relationships has gone stronger as the year has gone on. So I think we have a good feel for each other. Uh, we view things, like I said, from a hockey standpoint, and, and so it's, it's, um, it's a good feel. You mentioned uh, you know, your days going back to Philadelphia. You obviously were involved heavily in the Flyers organization, both with Ron as a part of the front office staff and in his playing days. Uh, you also were involved you know, with the New York Islanders, yeah. and then most recently the Nashville Predators. I know you were the assistant general manager hat in Philadelphia, but a lot of scouting player development roles throughout your career. And in those organizations, the Flyers, the Islanders in particular, as you mentioned, you saw a lot of the Penguins. You experienced a lot of you know, what this team was made up of, what the core looked like here in Pittsburgh. But to be able to come here now, be on the other side of the curtain, so to speak, and see, I guess, the foundation beyond what you see on the surface, what have you kind of learned about, you know, what's in your disposal here as far as the arsenal prospect-wise, as far as the, the, I guess, the organizational culture uh, here in the last little bit? Well, it's funny that you touched on the word culture. I mean, that's one thing I, I think that Pittsburgh can take pride in is that culture and that identity uh, going back to the days with Mario and obviously in present day with, with Sid. I think mm -hmm. they've created a, an identity and a culture which a lot of teams don't have. Um, and a lot of teams are searching for an identity and culture, and we have it right here. It's, it's, it's pretty special. Uh, they have a rich history. Um, 
we're just trying to, we don't want to screw that up and we're just trying to build on it. And I think it's, uh, they've done a really good job here trying to learn from what they've done here and hopefully we can integrate what we've done in our thought process and continue on with the success they've had. You mentioned kind of continuing on. You walk into a situation where there is a prospect pool in place, but admittedly it's probably not where the Penguins or you and your staff would like it to be. Um, with this draft coming up, with you know obviously big decisions looming as far as current players on the roster, how much does all that kind of intertwine in starting to put your guys' stamp on you know what the culture of this team will well, be? Well, there's some similarities to, to especially what Ron inherited in Philadelphia, and that's the and what we have here right now in the prospect pool, I think everybody looks from the outside and I mean, it doesn't look that deep, I guess, if you want to look compared to maybe some other organizations, but sure. that's the price of poker. I mean, <laughs> when you're trying to win, um, unfortunately, sometimes you have to give up some assets and the, that's where we are right now. It's, it's like I said, it's a lot of reflective of the flyers at one time. Um, we were a little similar with you try, you're, you're, you're trying to continually push and push and push, and before you know it, you've, you've given up a lot. So we're well aware of that. Mm -hmm. uh, the kids we have, we, we're, um, there's a, I think we have a bright future with some of the kids we have. Uh, we're well aware we have to build on, from an asset management standpoint. So um, we're gonna try to do that going forward here, and we're excited. I know we don't have a lot of picks this year, but there's some names out there that we think we have a good chance at, and um, so it's, we're looking forward to it. Well, as you said, it's the, the price of contending, yeah. and I think a lot of people, when they step into PPG Paints Arena, see those five Stanley Cup championship yeah. banners, especially the most recent two, and, and kind of understand, right. okay, we'll take the championships exactly. uh, as far as, you know, yeah. what has to happen afterwards yeah. to build things back I think up. If, you, if you probably take a, a poll there, I mean, <laughs> uh, obviously the ultimate goal is winning the Stanley Cup and right. uh, what that price is. I mean, you're, you're willing to sacrifice that if you can actually, actually win the cup, but we all know there's only one team at, at the end of the year that does that. So right. um, there's a risk and reward on everything. So. The team, obviously, as we mentioned, always has their sights set on winning that Stanley Cup. You guys have your sights set on kind of building them back uh, up to that point. You mentioned the draft picks are not abundant for you guys here. Uh, the draft not too far away, July 23rd and 24th. It'll be virtual again this year, uh, although Montreal is the quote-unquote host right. of this year's NHL draft from afar. But before that, there'll be the expansion draft. And, and this, of course, is a unique thing uh, for everyone in the National Hockey League. Of course, it's become a little bit more commonplace here in the last few years with Vegas having one just a handful of years ago. You were involved in that from the Philadelphia perspective. Uh, how unique is it in that sense? Uh, just getting a situation where you know most likely you're going to lose not just an asset, but an NHL player uh, from your roster to an expansion team. Well, you know, it's the price of uh, expansion. I mean, yeah. we all know going in, you're, you're going to lose a player and you're probably going to lose somebody that you don't want to lose. Unfortunately, it's, you know, in Philadelphia, we lost Bellamar there and he was a really good player for us for a lot, for a few years. I mm -hmm. mean, and as you've seen in his career, uh, what he did since he left us, he's had a nice career. So, I mean, it's it's a price of expansion. Uh, we're, we're aware of that. Unfortunately, we can't protect everybody. We have to, somebody's going to be exposed and we're going to lose a good player. We just got to, it's a sacrifice you have to make and you have to and you just move on. How challenging is that list to come up with? Because you're obviously limited as far as players by position and Penguins are no shortage of talent. And yeah. as you mentioned, there are going to be, unfortunately, a couple of good yeah. players pretty much exposed. It's challenging. I yeah. mean, there's a number of different scenarios and we're still working on We don't have to have our list in on Saturday. So sure. um, it is challenging because 
we have a good team. They have a good core, good core group of guys. Uh, I hate to lose anybody. I mean, it's just. But again, it's like uh, you just got. You know, you got to sacrifice. There's going to be someone you're going to probably lose here, and and we just got to move on. Obviously, once the dust settles there, there won't be much time to turn around uh, the NHL draft looming. But I did want to ask, as far as the the group that you are protecting, one name who maybe has made his way closer to that list. I don't want to put any words in your mouth, Chris, but uh, Teddy Bluger re-signing to a two-year contract extension with the Penguins. Uh, a glimpse of him, I'm sure, from the perspective of working with the Penguins, but a guy that I'm also probably pretty sure you were fairly familiar with, having spent some time in Wilkes-Barre and really earned his spot here in Pittsburgh. I, I was very impressed with Teddy, just from watching him grow from on the outside. I've seen him, I mean, we can go way back in my scouting days when he was in Shattuck, and he went to Mankato, and his path and the work he's put in to where he is today is very impressive. Uh, first and foremost, you got to give Teddy credit for what he's done. He's put a lot of time, a lot of work in there. The Penguins have shown a lot of patience, and they put a lot of work in from a development staff. And I, I, sometimes patience is a it's we don't show enough patience as, from an industry standpoint. Mm. And I think Teddy's proof of that. If you if you if first, like I said, the most of the credit goes to the kid. But from a patient standpoint, the Penguins have shown a huge amount of patience for, with Teddy, and, and you, know, you see the fruit of the labor right now. And credit to everybody, and, and credit to Teddy with the new contract. He's a second round pick of the Penguins back in 2012. So as you mentioned, yeah. he, he paid his dues yeah. here now in uh, the 2021-2022 season approaching, and obviously has earned that two-year contract uh, extension for the Penguins. The Penguins also have a second-round pick coming up in this year's draft. That'll be the first pick you guys have, at least as we speak right, right. now. Um, when you have that kind of a situation where so much can happen before you guys step up to the podium, before you get on the clock, how do you take that approach as a staff where there just seems to be a lot of moving pieces as far as the players that could be available? Well, we've, you know, this, has been, this has been a process here. We started about a couple months ago, a month and a half ago in Dallas. We had some meetings and starting to put our list together as 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 a lot of other teams mm -hmm. similar situations but you know we don't pick till 58 so uh, there's gonna be a number of players that we have on our list that are going to be gone unfortunately right. it's just just the way it is where we're sitting right now but we're pretty comfortable that someone's going to fall to us that we have higher than where where we're picking right now so we're it's one of those situations if if we haven't gathered a, an asset or, or picking earlier than that. We're just going to have to sit back and, and, and see what's left. Mm -hmm. um, but I, what I said, there, we feel there's a good, there's a decent group of players that have a probability of being there. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see what's, what's, uh, what's sitting there when we're picking. You mentioned the 58th pick. The Penguins have done a pretty good job, uh, as we touched on earlier, of not having a ton of picks at their mm -hmm. disposal, but making them count. And I think when you're a team like Pittsburgh that you know, wants to win but also doesn't necessarily have the bevy of opportunities to add young talent to your roster, you have to try to make those yeah. picks hit. Uh, you think back to guys in the third round like Jake Gensel, like Brian Rust, even before Matt Murray, uh, another deeper pick that had a lot of success here in Pittsburgh. So when you take on that uh, importance, I guess, looking at the 58th overall pick and potentially the others behind it, the fifth round pick and then a couple seventh round picks, uh, I guess how much more of an onus is there to make those hit from the Penguins' perspective? Well, I mean, you, you always want to hit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, we have, but if you look at, the draft as a whole, trying to project 17-year-old kids, it's, yeah. it's, it's not an exact science by any means. So right. 
I think the, the Penguins, in, in the names you mentioned, that they've done a really good job with some of those picks over the past recent years. Mm -hmm. I mean, credit to them. We just don't want to screw it up too bad. And, and, <laughs> um, but like I said, we're comfortable where we're at right now with the group of players that we're going to be looking at. And, and then they're going to have to, if, if nothing else changes between now and then, um, 58 and then we don't pick until 154. So there's going to be a little bit of a gap there to have yeah. a cup of coffee and relax and, <laughs> and see what, what's left, what falls to us at 154. So it's going to be a, a long day. It's an exciting day. This is why our scouts work for right. all, all year and, and is this day. So I know we don't have a lot of picks, but we're confident that uh, the players that we've identified, we're hoping that some of those players are, are available when we're picking and, and uh, and like I said, we got a second, a fifth, and three sevenths. So right. we'll try to make the best of it. Well, I think if it's anything like last year's NHL draft, you might need more than a cup of coffee yeah. between picks. That was I, hopefully they, we've learned from the last year and we can, we can get it done in a day here. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a marathon. Yeah. I mentioned Jake Gensel, uh, a Hill Murray product, mm -hmm. obviously a Minnesota guy. You're a Minnesota guy. You're a Hill Murray product. Yeah. Uh, any kind of relationship with him prior I've known to the we, Yes, we, you know, we've known the Gensels for... We both grew up in Woodbury, or, or Jake grew up in Woodbury. My son and, and uh, my two other, my son and my, my two sons and my daughter, we, we uh, have a relationship with the Gendels. Okay. Um, so I've known Jake for a long time. Mm -hmm. So again, he's done a fantastic story watching him grow up and where he is today versus where I remember when he was a, just a little guy running around. So he's done a, uh, a lot like Teddy Bluger. It was kind of fun watching watch his story unfold um, and Jake said uh, we all know what the success he's had so it's pretty special to watch him. When you see guys like that obviously you have an eye for talent having watched so many players grow uh, did you start to see signs that he could be this kind of a player or has this even surprised you to what he's evolved into? He's always he, you know and Jake will be the first to admit you know he's always one of those guys that was always hanging around the rink with his dad and his two older brothers and yeah. it's uh he was always on the ice, being the, he's always the smallest guy out there because he was always the youngest guy. So he, 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 he just was a hockey player from day one. Mm -hmm. So you, you could tell there was something going on there because he had to puck all the time playing with older guys and, and it's a lot like his game is today, only it's just matured, obviously. But sure. um, you, could, you could tell that there was something going on there at a young age. And he, one thing he had, he was always very competitive um, and he always loved the game. I think those are attributes that bode well for any player growing up is the love of the game and, and, and enjoying going to the rink every day and, and, and getting on the ice. So it's, it was something special to see, and he's done a really good job. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's pretty much become a lock in his young NHL career yeah. to score 20-plus goals a season. Uh, you mentioned the, the Minnesota connection. He's also a college hockey product, mm -hmm. having gone to Nebraska-Omaha. You went to New Hampshire, another Penguin with a connection there in Casey DeSmith. Um, but I'm just curious for your perspective, Chris, when you look at the college game and how much it's grown, I mean, just glancing at this year's top prospects, you see, you know, the Luke Hughes, the Owen Power uh, of the world, and these guys that are towards the top of the top five, the top three prospects, they're college kids, right. they're American kids. Uh, in your perspective, what has changed and I guess what has allowed people to view the college game, maybe not necessarily on the same level, but certainly at the same kind of elite 
uh, playing ability with the players within it that people would once have looked only at the junior leagues in Canada, maybe even as little as five to ten years ago? Well, I think it's just, it's a little, probably a little, uh, well, it's not a little. It, it, it shows you the growth of, of, US, of USA hockey and the growth of hockey in general as mm -hmm. a sport in the U.S. I mean, it's just from a number standpoint, I mean, I don't want to date myself, but back when I was in, when I was in school versus <laughs> today, I mean, the numbers have probably quadrupled. Right. Uh, and I think that's, you're seeing that from, obviously from a number standpoint, that more kids are playing, you're going to get more players. Uh, the colleges have become, back in the day, I think there was probably 25 teams. Now there's close, there's over 50, close to 60 teams from Division One. So mm -hmm. I think it, it just grown in leaps and bounds. Uh, from a scouting standpoint, um, the Penguins probably like the Flyers. If there's a player out there, I don't think there's any bias. Uh, we don't, you know, we, we, I think if you have a bias, you're probably, you're, you're tying one hand behind your back in today's game. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the records speak for themselves right now with the kids coming out, at, whether it's junior hockey in the U.S. or college hockey, I think they've done a really good job and the kid, the sport is growing in leaps and bounds and we're seeing that end at the NHL level. And I know the Penguins probably aren't unique in this, but just for the sake of our conversation, your staff here in Pittsburgh is a pretty heavy New England college base. I mean, you look behind the bench in Mike Sullivan, you got Brian Burke with Providence, yourself obviously in New Hampshire. Um, I know that those are different conferences per se at times, I guess through the years with some of these programs, but uh, is there a lot of familiarity, I guess, just with who you guys played with, played against growing up and that kind of situation? Well, I think it probably shows you the growth of U.S. hockey. I mean, it's not only probably on the ice, it's off the ice. Sure. You, know, you mentioned Berkey and Sully and, and uh, some of our scouts in the New England area. I right. mean, um, we've hired a We'll talk about that later in a little while. We hired yeah. a couple kids that played college hockey. So I think it just, it, it, again, it just shows you the growth of not only the players on the ice, but the growth on hockey off the ice too. It's been fun to watch, certainly here in Pittsburgh, as far as the success that's resulted from that kind of a combination. And you mentioned uh, getting to some of the additions. I did want to do that uh, with you right now. So the Penguins have obviously added to their hockey ops staff. We knew that would happen as far as you guys kind of putting your blueprint on this staff and on this organization. Uh, but let's get to the, the names in particular. I guess we could start with the pro scouts that were hired, Will Acton and Kerry Huffman. Uh, I think people who have followed the game certainly recognize the last name of the right. former and the full name of the latter, but what can you tell us about these guys? Well, both the uh, both those guys, uh, let's talk about uh, Kerry Huffman. I mean, we had a, there's a relationship there back in the Flyer days, and, and a, even more so with Ron. Mm -hmm. uh, they play together, so he's got a really good mind. Uh, he's a progressive thinker. Uh, he's a worker. Uh, I think all those boxes bode well from a scouting standpoint. Obviously, these there's a learning curve there, and he, he's well aware of that, but. We're excited with Kerry. I mean, he's he's like I said, he's got a he's got a really good eye for the game, and uh, he's coached for a while, so he's got a little bit of feel from that. And but and it's, so there's a relationship there, not only personal but from a hockey standpoint, that's going to fit really well. Uh, and Will Acton, obviously, his 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 dad is Keith Acton, a mm -hmm. longtime player. Um, he's had a pretty good career, in in a sense that he's learned he knows the game from from the lower levels. Mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't played a lot at the NHL level, but he, you got to give sometimes that American League and that it's those, 
you learn to appreciate the game and learn the game coming up. And he's put his, he's put his time in there. Uh, he's a young guy. He's obviously got been around the game for a long time with his dad, and so he's very familiar with the game. And I think it's good to have young eyes. They see things differently. Uh, they give a different viewpoint. Uh, the kid's very humble. He's a hard worker. Uh, so along with those two guys and, and working with Ryan Bonus, I think we've, got a, we've, we've complimented. We've got a really good staff going forward. I'm excited about the synergy and the, the dynamics that they're all going to bring. Uh, it's a tough job. I mean, as you know, there's another team in the league plus their their relationship with their American League team. So it's a lot of work involved, and those guys got a big job. So they don't get enough credit sometimes. So it's 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 exciting to put some pieces in place, mm -hmm. uh, and there's going to be some growth there and uh, going forward. But we're really happy about it. Well, you mentioned some of the younger eyes, and I happen to notice the title for. Brett Hextall coming on board, the integrated development coach. I guess first, uh, what is that? And also, Brett clearly uh, learned from some pretty good set of eyes and, and hockey acumen in his dad Brett's as well. A, you know, there's a lot of similarities between uh, Brett and Will. I mean, they've, they've, had, they've come from hockey families, mm -hmm. obviously Brett and his dad, um, and Will and his dad, and there's, there's hockey in their blood. They've been <laughs> around the game from day one, and Brett is a He's a thinker. He, he's, he sees a game uh, on a different level. Uh, he's very, he's much into the, the mental toughness, which is very fascinating. We don't spend enough time on it. So it's a, mm -hmm. it's a big part going forward from a development side that uh, Ron, Ron believes in, I believe in. I think it's a, it's a, we don't spend enough time on the mental side of the game. And Brett's done a lot of work uh, in that area. So we're, ha we're happy to bring in that, integrate that with our development staff. It's exciting because it's a, we all talk about the physical aspect of the game, the physical tools, but the mental part of the game, there's so much more to it than that. And so we're going to, uh, Brett's going to help develop, try to, you know, incorporate that in our development. So it's exciting. Um, and Matt Mangine, mm -hmm. if you look at Matt, uh, we have a relationship we signed him out of as a free agent out of Maine there a few years ago when we were with the Flyers. Mm -hmm. um, again, he's put his time in the American League. He's, he's an extremely humble kid. Uh, he's done a really good job from his career standpoint, working. If you look at his career, he has longe some longevity. Uh, he's played forward in defense. He's, um, and he's a, he's, he knows the path of a college free agent. So it's an interesting... A lot of that stuff is a relationship-built um, thing. Where you want to, you know, you not only got it's almost a recruiting type thing um, when you're doing that job. So he's only has he's had an experience as a player, but he's also had experience having lived that, been there, done that. Mm -hmm. So he can relate to some of those college free agents that he's going to be talking to that we're going to be recruiting. And, he, and like I said, he's he sees things. All these guys, they. Uh, they see things through a different set of eyes, which is always good to get a different perspective on things. Because, you know, that I see things one way, and it's a little bit. Sometimes I wonder, uh, and then the young guy sees things another way, and you try to integrate the two. I think it's it's always good to hear hear a different voice there, a different set of eyes. So it's ex we're very excited. Alexander Kavanov rounds out the hires. He'll be a, a European amateur scout. But as far as the, the staff in general is concerned, you guys have, as I mentioned, you've been on board here for, let's say, four months, five mm -hmm. months uh, since coming on board late February. 
Patrick Alvine, uh, Assistant General Manager, also a part of the fold here. Brian Burke, you mentioned yeah. earlier. That I'm sure there's a prior connection just within USA Hockey and obviously having some Minnesota roots as well between the two of you. Um, what has been, I guess, the, the whole molding together process been like for this staff of joining it midseason, part of it, you know, molding in your, your current additions, yourself, Ron Hextall, uh, guys coming on board and kind of formulating that singular focus and goal of trying to get this team back to the top? Well, I think it's, it's not unlike trying to put a team together. You're doing the same thing fundamentally. You're doing the same thing off the ice that you're mm -hmm. trying to do on the ice. And it, there's, there's some similarities there between synergy and, and, and chemistry. And, and um, so I think if you, you talk about Hexy and Berkey and Patrick and myself, I mean, the core group per se, um, the, the dynamics is really good. Uh, the chemistry is really good. Uh, we've all former players. We've uh, we've been in, had different paths, but we we've all been in, had different avenues. Obviously, Berkey's been had, a, had some runs at a number of different positions. He sees things. He's he's got a wealth of experience. Ron from a playing days, mm -hmm. and then you know he's had success in L.A. and with the Flyers. And so Patrick is you know. From from Sweden, there has had some European experience, and he's also been had a big integral part of, of the Penguins here, and myself. So I think it's if it's got a really good feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we're excited about the challenge of not only today but tomorrow. Um, so it's you want that when you walk in the room, you want to have that that chemistry and that feel. I think with that, that the group we have right now is, is like I said, it, it it's an exciting time right now for for penguin fans i believe that it's not like i said it's not only about today but it's about the future and uh, some of these pieces we're putting in place is, is not only about today it's about going forward so it, it's like i said it's an exciting time as far as i guess the current makeup of the team is concerned and we can round out with this question uh, Penguins so often, especially with, since Mike Sullivan has been here, a lot of people have talked about speed being the, the big characteristic. And I remember Sully saying, I think it was the first year the Penguins won the Stanley Cup in their back-to-back -back runs in 2016, that if at that time it was the, the 29 other teams in the league say right. the same thing, now we'll, I guess, round up a couple with Seattle coming in. If the 30 other team, 31, I guess I should say, other teams in the league are saying the same thing about your team, then you've created an identity. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people in 2016, 2017 were saying, Penguins are fast. Penguins play with speed. Uh, as you guys start to put like a, a blueprint and I guess a, a characteristic or characteristics on this Penguins team moving forward, what would you hope would be some of the things that people would identify them as uh, going into next season? And I realize obviously there's a lot that you want to happen as right. far as the roster is concerned, but I guess what would be your ideal descriptors for what the Penguins well, would be? I think the, sp the speed game, what Sully's identified, is there's an identity there with not only speed, it's, it's, it's ability to, to make plays, it's ability to be very competitive. Uh, first and foremost, you know, it, it, with, with the guys, you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I believe, too. I think, you know, we had a really good run here. Obviously, people are, you know, would look and say, well, you know, last few years we've been out of the playoffs. On the, but, that's playoff hockey. Right. You can be the second best team in the league and be out in the first round. Um, it, that's just the way it goes against certain matchups, and, and it, that's just the, the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think there's a whole lot of tinkering per se right now. I mean, you, you know, Sid, Sid is Sid. 
Gino, I think, uh, still a very good player. Tanger, um, you brought Jeff in. You got a really good core of, of, of the Gensels and the Russ and the, the Duomalins, and you got you got a good core group here. So I think there's, you know, you always want to try to tweak everything now and then, but mm -hmm. I think sometimes you got to take a step back and realize that you got a pretty good team right as right today. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, as a group. We don't like how things ended, but I think there's there's a lot of things that went right. So I don't. Um, we all know that over time, the changes are going to be made. So we're we're keeping an eye on today mm -hmm. and keeping an eye on tomorrow going forward. So it, it's a challenge to to balance it too. But I I think uh, from an identity standpoint, uh, there's a whole lot there's not a whole lot of changes that need to be made because it, they've done a really good job here. We're just trying to integrate a few things here and there and, and keep going. Well, I know it's a busy couple of weeks ahead of you to set up a, an even busier offseason and then the sprint into the 2021-2022 regular season. So, Chris, I appreciate you taking a few minutes with Thank me. You. Uh, best of luck in Thanks. the draft, the expansion draft, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you more as the season goes I on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All the best. All right. That is Chris Pryor, Penguins Director of Player Personnel. I'm Josh Getzoff, and this has been Episode 44 of the Scoop Podcast. It's presented by PPG. And a reminder, you can download the Scoop on on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music, all for your listening pleasure. Take care, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.